Tonight's movie wasn't made for a gay audience, so stop enjoying it, gay people. It's not for you. Mm. I'm Nito Kitsch, and tonight, <laughs> and we're looking at the 1960s. We're looking at 1960s The Gay Decibers on this episode of The Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Company Association. But because it's no fun to deceive by yourself, I brought along two of the best liars I know to give you some ideas on how to draw, on how to dodge the craft. First up, Shane didn't post advice that I could give any of you young people that are feared that you might be conscripted and forced to go to battle for this great country that you should be happy to live in because it is best country in the world and blessed by God himself uh, would be to actually go on a murder spree um, where you become a serial killer and then, you know, just hitchhike your way across the state killing people because you can't go to the military if you're in jail. <laughs> I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator. I'm going to have to start approving these beforehand from now on, aren't I? <laughs> Next up, they didn't take the cookie from the cookie jar. It's Roe. <laughs> hey, I'm Ro. <laughs> and if you want to dodge the draft, <laughs> set a car on fire. <laughs> <laughs> because they can't draft you if you're in jail. <laughs> I'm seeing a theme in these answers. Are we going to be um... cellmates? <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on twitch.tv slash susqueenro. <laughs> Setting cars on fire to dodge the draft. <laughs> now I get to make the disclaimer that we here at the Gay Anarchist Yoga Rotten Cooking Association do not condone illegal activities such as burning cars and murder. <laughs> that being said, I think we can all agree that the Hayes Code sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, amen to that, sister. Which means it's history um, time. Me. I miss the days when our children were protected from the debauchery and the immorality that is allowed in the United States today. Speaking of which, yeah, the, no, Hays Code Hays were a set of... <laughs> the Hays Code were a set of rules about what could and what couldn't be shown in films to avoid the government stepping in to regulate the film industry. Self-regulation, basically. Uh, even after it ended, many of its rules were kept in place by the current form of self-censorship, the NBA. For the purposes of our podcast, rule that most affects us basically said that there could be no positive depictions of homosexuality in film, which led to a majority of characters in film with traits associated with queer people to be villains, characters used to reassert the masculinity of the leading man, and many times both. If you're interested in the history of queer characters in film, I highly recommend The The Celluloid Closet by Vito Russo. But by the 1960s, the Hayes Code was kind of left to die as the MPA and their ratings were adopted. Also, fuck the MPA. More on that in a future episode. Uh, because of the code, say it one more time for luck. Yeah. More on that in a future episode. Wait, are we going to have a future episode about the MPAA? <laughs> I didn't quite uh, catch that. We, we we get to talk about them when we talk about uh, John Waters' a dirty shame. 
Oh, fun. Yeah. As of the code being abolished, producers felt like the new freedom they were given was a sign that audiences had matured and were ready for movies where the gays weren't just villains, but maybe our main characters? Well, not this movie exactly, but if you haven't seen 1969's The Gays Deceivers, now is your chance to go seek it out because we're about to talk plot. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we have to get... Yeah. Be, be warned, this movie is heterosexual. Trademark. <laughs> Look at all we had to cover just to get to this part. <laughs> now we're finally to the plot. Oh my gosh. The further back we go, the more history we have. Da, da, da. Uh, so, Danny and Elliot are two red-blooded American kids in love. At least that's what they want the army to believe, so they can't get out of, so they can get out of the draft. In reality, Danny is a trust fund kid with a girlfriend, and Elliot is a womanizing lifeguard. But to keep up this charade, when the recruiter starts looking into them, they have to move in together in a gay neighborhood to try to try and keep appearances until the heat is off them. Their new landlord, Malcolm, quickly takes a liking to them, and try and tries to be supportive of what he perceives as a newlywed, newly gay couple. Both Danny and Elliot are horrible at pretending to be gay, mainly Danny, though. And when more people start perceiving them as gay, like Danny's dad who gets Elliot fired from the country club for thinking he's gay, suddenly the draft doesn't seem like such a big issue after all. After more and more of their perfect lives fall apart due to their deception, they end up back at the recruiting office where Danny tries to come clean only to be rejected by the army. Uh, sorry, Danny and Elliot uh, quickly talk about their future plans as they part ways and in a twist. It turns out that the recruiter was gay all along. Oh my god! This was an elaborate plan by the army to kick out the straight people. Eating Out talking... Zero, the movie. <laughs> Eating Out Zero. I literally wrote that in my notes for this movie, did I not? You did. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I've been talking for way too long, so you two go for it. <laughs> what did I say? Eating out, but with tits, so it's heterosexual. I mean, e eating out kind of is heterosexual anyway, right? I mean, it's not... Not the movies, but the actual... Oh, act. yeah, well... No, eating out can be gay. <laughs> what y'all think about it? <laughs> <laughs> I really like this movie. <laughs> this movie is problematic and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I actually I actually enjoyed it too. Um, you know, it it I think is a testament to, you know, the time that it came out with, much like probably everything else we talk about, but you right. know, I thought it was entertaining and <laughs> It's like in no way, shape, or form an accurate depiction of <laughs> what being a heter uh, a, a homosexual in the '60s was like. But on the other hand, this movie is filled with so many gay moods that <laughs> I'm surprised that it's heterosexual. Trademark. What was it like to be gay in the '60s, Ro? Um. You know, you're asking the wrong person because I was not alive in the 60s. Amelia? I assume you can find out by watching The Testament to All Gay Life 
in the 60s and the absolute truth Stonewall. <laughs> Speaking of which, Stonewall Rice happened the same year as this movie. <laughs> By the way, if you want our Ron filtered opinion on Stonewall, we did an episode on it. We had a lot to say. Man, we really just... liked it. Spoiler alert. It was our favorite game movie of all time. Can you really believe we've done enough episodes that we can actually recommend previous episodes during our episodes? It's like it's so the pimp your ride of podcasts, like uh, things. <laughs> we're like we're like Mabim Bam, but nobody knows we exist. <laughs> hey, at least twenty people, um, ten to twenty people do. Hi, ten to twenty people, we love you. Hi, ten to twenty people, we love you a lot. Um, so we should pr- um, probably mention that this is technically an accidental queer movie. Uh, in the behind-the-scenes feature from Race Cars to Gay Bars, the director, Bruce Kessler, loves this film and stands by it, but also points out that the main focus of the story for him boils down to two guys who do a quote-unquote stunt that goes wrong and ruins their lives. It's almost kind of an inverse of Some Like It Hot, or at least similar in, in concept with two guys pretending to be something they're not in order to get away from something they perceive as horrible but instead of being this this movie to me read a lot like a mix between like three's company and the odd couple yeah absolutely how so (laughs) so the odd couple obviously is about um two roommates who are vastly different from each other and have to like learn how to coexist with each other and um this movie has a lot of elements that are like that where you have two guys who are pretending to be in a homosexual relationship and end up having to move in together and pretend to be a married couple uh so and they are vastly different people here is my question though. and then oh go ahead <laughs> sorry yes go ahead i mean if we look at their relationship or at least uh, let's 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 say that we're looking at it and uh in in the universe of the film we are all in the film now we are all characters in the film we are their next door neighbors um we see a from the outside we say a a gay couple Danny is the bottom, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Bottom. If you have a trust fund, you're automatically a bottom. <laughs> That's, I don't make the That's rules. That's a gay fact. That's just how it works. It's a gay fact. Also, are, uh, you, said, you said we were their neighbors? Yes. Um, is that the truth? All right, I want to be Malcolm. <laughs> no, 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 no. no we're their neighbors that the recruiter came to. That's like to their left. We're not their landlord. Oh, uh, I was about to be all like, "You bitch! <laughs> Look what you've done to my panties!" <laughs> I may not know my flowers, but I know a bitch when I see one. <laughs> Can I? Just... She's right. They are marigolds. <laughs> Can I just say that Malcolm had some 
really good one-liners. <laughs> oh my so, god, so Malcolm was a big gay mood the entire time. It's actually really great I... because the majority of people, if you couldn't tell on this movie, were not gay, especially like the writer and director. Um, so when Michael Greer actually came on, he actually worked with the writer of this movie to make the lines... Uh, depending on the source that you read, either less offensive or more accurate to the gay community. So a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the lines can be attributed uh, and credited to Michael Greer himself, and I'm absolutely sh- certain that that <laughs> that that back and forth was his. Oh, absolutely. Um... When he redirects that old queen at the party, he's like, run along now. Go take your heart pill. This is Michael Greer's Michael first like, movie, too. That's a... That, what a really? He, what a strong performance for your... Like, how actually very dare he? That That's actually very impressive. Yeah, I will say that there, there are points where I wanted, uh, like... I I love Malcolm as much as as much if not equal to y'all, <laughs> but there were points that I felt like I wanted more from him and I wanted more of him. If that yeah, makes sense. I would have liked to see Malcolm uh, take a much more central role in the movie, like even more of a prominent one. Um, I, I yeah, go ahead. Oh, I mean, I just. <sighs> I think if we're going, like, with the liar's reveal plot... Okay, so, for me, if this movie had been made now and not in the 60s, obviously, like, I think it would have made my heart very happy to have seen, like, Malcolm just kind of end up being a romantic interest for, like, one of the two guys that's pretending to be gay. Or something along those lines, like... And that could, you know, be a catalyst for people to, you know, find out that they're not really gay or one of them's not really gay or whatever. Um, but yeah, more Malcolm more totally Malcolm. tries to uh, set, I think, Danny up with his uh, husband. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, Malcolm totally. was Malcolm was like one hundred percent angling for a foursome. There's no question, or at least like a swinger situation, like. Hey, you, oh, you, you're yeah. a brunette. Yeah. You know who else is a brunette? My husband. You have so much in common. Yeah. Um, there's this... Like... Go ahead. I think Danny, Elliot, Craig, and Malcolm have, like, really good couple chemistry. Mm-hmm. In a way. Like, Craig and Elliot obviously had good synergy when they were in the kitchen talking about cruising. And then, you know, Malcolm could get along with a paper bag. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's this uh, one. There's this flamenco cooking scene, like where Malcolm is cooking uh, for Danny and Elliot. Uh, I think it's breakfast, right? Um, and one of the things I will say is that. I wish that's one of the scenes where I wish there was like a lot more attention, a lot more tightness, at least in the comedy. Um, because it's if it if it was be and we have to 
say or I have to say I have to say like it, this is coming from like decades of like it, it, of comedy and stuff like that and changing tastes but like I kind of wanted it the timing to like be faster on everything he does mm-hmm. or at least like uh, his his reaction shows like he's thinking three steps forward and kind of getting lost in it while still doing like an amazing job um but i think malcolm is probably like the most memorable character out of everyone (laughs) in this movie for me like easily malcolm and then like right underneath him elliot so that brings us to uh and you're gonna hate this but i think we should uh go ahead and grade danny and elliot on how much they gay it up so i mean (laughs) Dan Elliot's terrible at being gay, but like, boy, is he great at like those like sassy one-liners that like you expect out of gay people in your media. I, like, <laughs> I bet you anything, Elliot's actually by. Yeah, right. I'm like, I think I put in my notes for a straight guy. Elliot sure does that color scheme clashes <laughs> with your hair. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Elliot could turn on the gay inflections, and he fit really nice in the gay bar. Um, mm-hmm. seemed more comfortable around gay people than Danny. <laughs> uh, and, and Danny was kind of a cynical, angry little chihuahua, in a way. Yeah, that was such an apt description. Just, just so he's just so I upset. Don't know what Danny's, I don't know what Danny's deal is. Because, like, he moves Elliot into this gay neighborhood, and then he says to Elliot, no girls ever until this thing blows over. And then the first thing he does is, like, find his fiance and do, like, a little fireside cuddle sesh. Like, my goodness, man. Get your shit together. Keep your story <laughs> straight. Fun, but... I know you have a trust fund, so, like, use that trust fund to buy a brain. <laughs> and why couldn't they just have moved into the apartment that Elliot was in? Yeah, actually, though. I mean, it's fine. Like, he could sleep on the couch. It's not like uh, the recruiting officer is going to, like, put, like, a, a ladder up to their window and stare into it. Well, I mean, he might. I think the plot device was uh, no roommate policy. Uh, yeah, because people they were roommates. Um, they were roommates. <laughs> I also think I put in my notes somewhere. Elliot, don't do it. You are married. <laughs> Elliot kind of is. Uh, and I mean this is the nicest way. A slut. <laughs> yeah. Elliot L- gets Elliot ar- gets around. He gets around with his former landlord, uh, who wasn't she like, uh, like someone like Danny's sister for, for friend's mother or something like that. Um, so Elliot almost sleeps with Danny's sister. And then he also almost sleeps with Danny's mother's best friend. And then he also almost sleeps with this 
really cute girl named Bunny who says, oh dear, in a really high-pitched voice. It's kind of really actually kind of Bunny cute. was and adorable. He, and he also always sleeps the with the drag queen. Uh, yep. And he never almost sleeps with Danny, which is kind of like, should have called sad. him. Should have called him Blue Balls. Um, I know because he he doesn't get anything. Apparently, like they cut out a lot of naked statues to get away from getting an X rating. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You mean there were more naked statues? Yes, there were so many. <laughs> the, the 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 set design, like it's it's so funny because you go through this like really kitschy, like cluttered like house that Malcolm. Uh, um, decorated himself, and then you go to Malcolm's like place, and it's like minimalist, <laughs> very <laughs> tasteful and minimalist. It almost like... it almost looks like he's like, well, none of this fits into my place, so I'm just gonna put it over here. <laughs> this, and so he just put like he has everything. his whole separate design aesthetic for the guest house. <laughs> I would totally live in that guest house, though. Not even gonna lie, especially that bed. I want that circular fucking bed. Oh my god, that bed is right out of a love hotel, and I want all over it. <laughs> uh, can I know? I know that like uh, I don't think they do it anymore, but I know that uh, Troma used to literally go uh, to like the trash bins behind like studios in New York, um, and just go dumpster diving for props and stuff. I wonder if we can go back in time to the studio that this was uh, made in and, like, dumpster dive for that bed. Oh, man. I would invent a time machine <laughs> just to find that bed. You know how expensive circular beds are? Jeez. Well. Because they're, like, a custom well, cut instead of, like, instead of just, like, you know how you make, like, yeah. uh, how you just, like, cut sheets of paper and stuff? It's like a custom die cut yeah. uh, for the make. And plus you have to get specifically fitted sheets and you can't just shove it into the corner of your room. It has to sit right in the middle because it's a circle. Like, it's involved. <laughs> it's involved getting a circular bed. Didn't, and then it's didn't like, one how of do the you... Eds have a circular bed on Ed, Ed and Eddie? Yes. I think it. Yeah. I think it was. Uh, I hope to God that that's true. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I think it was uh, Ed. Yeah, that sounds either like Ed or Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think Honestly. it was Double D, right? Double D had the porn bed. Really? <laughs> Let's look this up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now this podcast is getting interesting. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't it wasn't Ed's. Uh, maybe it was the Kanker Sisters. Let's see, was it? If you're listening to this and you know which Ed had the circular bed, please let us know. <laughs> Can find us on. Oh wait, no. Um. Okay, it wasn't one of them. Oh, I think it was Eddie. Okay. Yeah, it's Eddie. Yeah. 
I see the tissue paper Eddie, yeah. and well, porno mags. That was um, that was a, a, a minute and a half. Very well spent. I agree. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> That's gonna be a Jeopardy question one day. Just watch. We were talking. We were talking about um, kitschy interior design. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, okay, so how how explain to me how every single character in this movie walked through that house and determined that two straight bachelors live there? Uh, you can't denial, I mean, cognitive de- dissonance. They didn't design it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if people actually. Okay, I wonder if like someone would actually buy a house and get it. I I. And, I'm already seeing how this is already like uh, a mirror to today's society, but like, I'm just gonna. It's like, would you really buy a house and hire a gay guy to decorate it so that you looked more feminine? It's like, of course, guys would to make them seem, you know, less guy. It's like, oh, look at the nice. Some guys will do anything if it increases their chances of impressing a lady. And as we know from previous films, uh, guy, you know, girls really want to sleep with gay guys. Eating at one. Um, um, I'm not. I'm not a girl, so I. Well, not really. He, so I can't speak to that. Uh, uh, Amelia, do you want to sleep with a gay guy? Not in particular. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you had asked, sorry to voice that onto you. If you had, if you had asked my thirteen-year-old middle school self, who was writing Harry Potter fan fiction, oh, she probably would have said, "Yeah, yeah, most likely." Uh, uh, I, I did. Did write a fair, fair, fair amount of uh, Draco Harry Ooh. stuff. So... Um, my official stance on Harry Potter is that J.K. Rowling is a terrible person. Oh, absolutely. Most, if not all of that behind you. But Draco Harry fanfic was like a big part of my life. And I'm... <laughs> kind of ashamed to admit it. So I've been watching a lot of Ugly Betty. Pause for laughter. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I'm so happy to know that we have both ship problematic relationships. (laughs) So this was 19... You've been watching Ugly Betty. (laughs) I, that show was trash. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm addicted because of how how trash it is. Um, uh, it's it's infecting my brain. I can't stop, and it's like I'm so frustrated. Right, I know we should be talking about the movie, but I'm just look. Okay, so this 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 series has a real problem because it, it doesn't know how to write couples it doesn't know how to write relationships and make them interesting so it just abandons them arguably the most interesting relationship in this show uh michael yuri's character uh the gay the gay couple um 
Mark and Cliff basically just gets like trashed like literally uh because shrug you know like uh mark ends up sleep cheating on him after asking him to marry him and cliff just disappears into the ether after they've had a long and really uh healthy relationship with each other that has mark actually like growing as a person and becoming a better human being and becoming less um sort of like automatically like a yes man to will wilmina and stuff like that it's, it was a really great arc and they just threw it away and i'm really pissed about that anyway so this movie was in 1969 <laughs> uh and other films uh in the queer genre you had were like justine and he also had the only x-rated academy award best picture winner midnight cowboy along with a comedy called staircase and there were others outside the U.S. Um, do you think that this movie is a good answer to the depictions of queer people during the Hays Code, uh, specifically how they're written and depicted, even if it wasn't intentionally meant as one? I do have appreciate. Like, I mean, I think we've already talked about Malcolm, but I think in that respect, like, I have an appreciation for how Ma Malcolm is portrayed. You know, he's helpful. He's, you know, uh, a nice person. He's not evil. Yeah. <laughs> he throws really interesting parties and has really interesting friends. Can, can, can we talk about the party for a second? Because it's supposed to be a quote-unquote camp party, you know? Like, everyone's dressing up as, like, Judy Garland and, you know, all that stuff. And, like, all these colorful costumes. And then you have, like, some douchebag in, like, freaking all black. Like, how is that camp? explain that to me i know he's supposed to i think he misunderstood the assignment <laughs> i know he's supposed to i guess what maybe if he's like a oh i guess this was way before like jason <laughs> um from friday the 13th uh but like oh it's like he's gonna stand out first of all it's, it's he's supposed to be ominous i get that but you can be ominous and still be fabulous like Elizabeth Taylor Could have gone is the ominous and route. fabulous, you know. Yeah. Everybody loves a good Elvira. Um, even though this is 1969 and Elvira was not doing Elvira until... Well, you had Vampira. I mean, yeah. So, like, they could well, I mean, there's, like... You could have done, like, Morticia Adams. That would have been super campy. Or the Munsters. Lily Munster. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, right? That would have been nice. Um, what I'm hearing is we need to have a camp party. Yeah. What I'm hearing of our is own. we need to have a camp party. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm hearing is NATO needs to come to Colorado and we need to party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what That's isn't what I'm camp? hearing, too. On season three of Ugly Betty. <laughs> so a lot of the arguments in ugly betty are be... oh, no. <laughs> look i'm talking about ugly betty again <laughs> i have a lot of time on my hands <laughs> it's on amazon prime what am i supposed to do ignore it <laughs> i can only talk to J my friend jc about it and i'm just like <laughs> Please stop. Can you write to Amazon and tell them to please take this off the service? Like, I can't stop. 
Can we make a change.org petition? <laughs> Can you tell Jeff Ugly Bezos Betty. to launch this show into space? um there's a lot uh i i think there is um a lot to like about this film and we'd be remiss to talk about the whimsical score um especially like the main theme yeah (laughs) the porn music (laughs) they had one okay musical idea and they really went for it <laughs> that's what you do when you have no money <laughs> look i have nothing i find nothing wrong with a little commitment and that is what our country is missing in these terrible liberal times okay is a youth with a lack of commitment to god and the military <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, don't be gay, kids, or it'll go on your permanent record and you'll never get security clearance. (laughs) Ever. Oh my gosh. Uh, Also, um, uh, you can get married, apparently, and you can live in an apartment together, apparently, but can't work as a lifeguard. Yeah. That, actually, no, that brings up a good point about the lifeguard, um, sp- like, symbolically, because, okay, go with me, this is me sober, um, mm-hmm. literally sober, I haven't drank it today because I have a, I drank yesterday, um, okay, so go with me for a second, it's 1969, Hays Code is over, uh, we're making films where gay, where like queer people are not depicted as villains so having a perceived person as a lifeguard someone whose entire job is literally just to save people is actually kind of a good mirror to say like you know having them as villains in like casablanca insert disney movies you know all that stuff it's like positive queer coding in a way even though the character isn't actually gay uh, too bad everybody in this movie is heterosexual, trademark. <laughs> uh, it's nice to know that landlords can be gay. So that's one thing that gays in the 60s yeah, can Yeah, landlords be. can be gay. So well, gays in the 60s, congratulations. You can, yeah, be a la- you can be a landlord and nothing else. <laughs> too bad we hate landlords now. <laughs> <laughs> it's because the straight people took it away from us. <laughs> gay landlords were so much better they culturally appropriated landlording gay landlords decorated and everything you didn't even need any furniture and they cooked for you they they let themselves in in the morning and cook you breakfast they flirt with you and try to set you up with their partners you know they were just they the best invite you to camp parties i mean like if you stick around long enough they'll probably ask you to swing with them <laughs> like what's not to love about your gay landlord i have never been invited maybe this says more about me but it's like i've never been invited anywhere to like a party in my apartment complex in my condo complex it you know when i was growing up i guess i was just not person that got invited parties uh, now that i think about it's it it's okay uh, neither was i 
All, the and only parties I, I got invited also... to were cast parties. <laughs> and even then. And also, <laughs> also, since you're gay and you live in the fucking village with all the other gay people who are also can't hold jobs because they're gay, rent is super fucking cheap. So, you know. When, when, when. Wins. I mean, I'm Everybody pretty sure. The gay why, why did they end up just leaving? Because one guy was a trust fund. I mean, Elliot didn't really have a job, but he probably could have got a job somewhere else. Like, literally, he could have probably got a job at the gay club. Like, and since Malcolm, you know, if Elliot just like you know flirted with Malcolm like he was before, Brent would have been fine. It's not like the the thing that I wish had happened in this movie is I wish that like they were found out by Malcolm. Oh yeah, that would have been so great. Because the only person that really finds them out is uh, Danny's father, the army. the army, and Danny's father. Danny tells his father that he's uh, that everything's made up and, uh, and stuff, and his father kind of yells at him. And the army recruiter finds out. But it's like, it kind of feels cheap that Malcolm doesn't. Like, because, like, I like Malcolm. He he, yeah, he has marigolds, Malcolm. you know? That are not peonies. Imagine Malcolm, after this movie ends, finding out that not only have his new best friend neighbors moved away but like they were never gay in the first place like poor malcolm such heartbreak poor malcolm he put all of his time and energy into that friendship trying to get them to swing with him and his husband he made them breakfast he made them omelets (laughs) he stared at them when they ate them incorrectly but he didn't say a thing yeah, Elliot dumping all that hot sauce on like a fucking charlatan. <laughs> I say that, but that's also the way I eat omelets. <laughs> that's the way I eat a lot of things, actually, is with like a healthy serving of Cholula. Absolutely. Is there it... any other way to eat food? If it's not burning me and my stomach. <laughs> it's not giving me stomach ulcers. <laughs> like, I don't want it. <laughs> If it's not burning me like Freddy's face. Um, Nato, that was last week. Or was it? Welcome to Nightmare 2. The re... No. Uh, (laughs) Nightmare 2. Freddy the Gay Deceiver. I also... The last thing I kind of want to say that that, uh, comes to mind when I see this movie is... I don't know, from my perspective, how common it was for, you know, the all-American, all uh, you know, good Christian uh, couple, Danny and his fiance would p- actually pass by a gay bar, and she'd go, oh, there's a gay bar, let's go in, because this is still, you know, in the years where, you know, gay you know gay people weren't really that liked by the straight community hence elliot being fired from being a lifeguard kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah for someone who wants to ogle at the gays she sure does seem offended when danny has a husband (laughs) although i would like to i would like to just say 
ladies, uh, if you're listening to this, please don't have your bachelorette party at a gay bar. We're all depressed, and we don't want to be there. And we certainly don't want to see drunk and happy straight women there. So, you know, just go to Applebee's or something. And, like, if you do, like, get a respectful amount of drunk and just, like, stay quiet. Yeah. And please, I know this is very specific and might be saying more about me than anyone else. The dance remix of Tiny Dancer should only be played once a night, and you requesting it three other times than that one time is just overkill and makes the song lose its power. Specifically, the dance remix. You can request the, the normal version of Tiny Dancer all you want, but like the... T- the dance remix, no. It's special. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> let it be special. Deborah. Um. Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think there's one more thing that you put in your notes, Nato, that I, that I think we should talk about. Oh, no. Before we end is what is the moral of this movie yeah (laughs) so i saw that in your notes and i was like um i i was like that's easy the moral is wait (laughs) hold on so i i do have kind of an answer for this but i'm curious what your thoughts are first um be gay and do crimes moral earlier Uh, don't be gay because then you'll never get security clearance. <laughs> Are those your actual answers? Yes. Uh, so, so like I said, according to the actual director uh, and the writer, the moral of the story <laughs> is actually you should. Uh, this, I feel like this is like the Rocky and Bullwinkle Aesop's fables segment. It's like you should be war- you should uh, you should be careful about like what you lie about because it could end up ruining your life. Uh, which in this case, don't lie to the army about being gay in nineteen sixty nine. Specifically, <laughs> like be careful what you say out loud because that shit will manifest. Be careful what you get. Specifically, you will turn yourself gay. (laughs) I don't know if... I don't know if that's a very... Good... Because, like, on one hand... This movie is kind of... In a way, it's pro... Gays serving in the military. Uh, It's specifically in 1969. Gays can serve in... uh, Queer people can serve in the military now, um, and we've done so for years. <laughs> started from started as the bottom. Now we're here. Um, but, um, <laughs> but in like nineteen sixty nine, you couldn't uh, serve while you were out, and you would be basically uh, that would be one of the reasons you could dodge the draft, obviously. Um, and if they found you, you would probably get like what a dishonorable discharge. Yep. And, but uh, with the twist ending where the recruiter is actually gay, um, it's kind of about, it sends a weird message at the very end 
about like not being out if you want to be in the military kind of thing and this is all like you know way in the past and it's not really it doesn't really resonate anymore as far as like times but it's also like a how far have we kind of come um so it's right. so like the moral to me is just very muddled yeah the ending of this movie to me seemed like anti-army propaganda and for the life of you i couldn't tell why <laughs> it's like i'm one's gonna go off to be a lawyer go to school danny kind of screws over elliot if you think about it like overall because danny has like you know he's going to college he's a trust fund kid he's got his whole life and elliot's just like trying to get by um elliot's not even trying to get by just trying to get laid something like that <laughs> I mean, he'll probably go... Well, no, Elliot's going to uh, Florida, I think he said. Elliot's trying to be by. Like, that's what I'm saying. He should have said bye to, Del to Danny. Um, I don't know, like... I... Th I hate it. <laughs> I hate, like, actually... Because, like, the moral is... According to the director, is there but it's it is very simplistic form but as soon as you start like dissecting the actual story itself and the elements of the story it becomes way more muddled and complex and problematic to really sum up right in my yeah. opinion <laughs> cuz like you get a pretty positive association from characters like malcolm and his husband with being gay and then the moral of the story is supposed to be like don't be gay <laughs> the army will never want you I, I be yourself join the army the gay deceivers be yourself, set a car on fire, talk to the draft, go to jail. Be a murderer. Carry a sign. Be a murderer. Grow out your hair, smoke some weed. Create post-it notes. Um... <laughs> Alright, let me just pull this back up. Alright, well, I think that about does it, so let's just uh, sum this all up. Amelia... Does this movie make you want to commit a bit, or commit to a bit, or join the draft to the Vietnam War? Uh, it definitely makes me want to commit to a bit. It was fun. I enjoyed watching it. Ro, is this movie as beautiful as peonies or as deceptive as marigolds? Um, which one is really which, though? <laughs> I think they're both the same. Well, I may not know my flowers, but I can tell a bitch when I see one. <laughs> uh, no, this movie is great. Uh, I recommend. Um, if you don't mind, like, the 60s attitude and, like, occasional use of the F word, um, you know, give it a try. Um, it's good for the memes. 
Yes. Meme culture loves this movie. As it should. <laughs> anyway. As it should. That's what we think. But if you've seen this movie or know watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Gayakapod, that's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for first watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. I am Nato Kitsch, and you know I never deceivers you. Wink. Uh, later. <laughs> 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 Fucking bye. <laughs>